0: The Power of God on display next here on Times of Refreshing. Praying for the power of God to be exposed in your life? This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Today we're in Mark chapter 5, and here we see the power of God on display through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an amazing display of power, and it also tells us that this power can be displayed in our lives as well. Won't you join us and be encouraged for the power of God? Mark chapter 5 is where we're at. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing.
1: One of the things that the church has shied away from is just really getting specific and detailed about the spiritual battle that all of us are facing on a day-to-day basis. Whether we realize it or not, we are fighting an unseen force, the devil, Satan, is, is constantly doing the best that he can to trip people up, get people into bondage, get them discouraged, hinder them. A lot of the stuff that we, we see in, 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 in life now that we just call normal stuff like depression and things like that, there is biblical answers for these things. And oftentimes, from a secular standpoint, and I know there's some truth to some of the secular stuff that we deal with, but I believe that God has an answer for every condition through his word. Amen. And that God gives us insight into these things. You know, the Bible says that God would give us the oil of gladness for the spirit of heaviness. That there is a spirit, a demon called heaviness that gets on a person's life and gets them bogged down with depression and things of that nature. Do you know the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. Fear. That there is a spirit whose name is fear and its function is to bring fear into our lives. So the Bible is full of this stuff, but oftentimes we don't talk about it. And saints, at some point in time, we have to realize that it's not just about counseling. Counseling serves its purpose in the body of Christ. Counseling is cool. I, there's an there's aspect of counseling that all of us need. And we, you know, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. But I'm going to show you here, you cannot counsel demons out of people. Can I have an amen? You got to cast them out. Can I have an amen? And Jesus, and some stuff people are struggling with for years and years and years with the same stuff. And we spend all of our money. And at some point in time, we've got to realize that Jesus, we're going to see this here. Jesus, he helped to bring a person into their right mind by using his power. And that same power that Jesus displayed is the same power that he gives us as believers. To liberate people from bondages. To liberate people From conditions that some individuals have been struggling with for years. The enemy's desire is to take you captive to do his will. The devil wants to take you and I captive to do his will. Whether it's to take us captive to do his will in regards to lust and perversion. Drugs and addictions. Lying. Cussing. Stealing. Robbing. I mean we have the privilege of going into San Quentin. All the time. And I thank God for Minister Leslie and her team. And it's just amazing when you sit down with all these people in prison. And you see how some of them. I don't know everybody's condition. But at the end of the day, you sit down and talk with some of these brothers. Especially the ones that are Christian now. They'll tell you that the enemy just drove them to do stuff. And that's how the enemy does. He'll drive you to a place. Drive you to a place. And they just leave you there. And laugh. But how many know we come to serve notice on the devil this afternoon? That the anointing of God destroys the yoke. Now watch this. Mark chapter five verse one. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, Jesus immediately there met him out of there met him out of the tombs a man. With an unclean was who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. (laughs) And he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he, and he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. Then at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the, the, the swine fled. And they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what was that, that happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in what? His... And it says they were afraid. You know, saints, it's amazing to me because when you look at this particular passage of Scripture, you read this whole story, you go down, you see very clearly here that... Jesus comes on the scene, and because of the anointing that's upon his life, because of the power that's upon his life, and because he understood fully his mission, you see him not shrinking back from a situation that ultimately ultimately most human beings, even Christians, would shrink back from. And it amazes me how bold Jesus was, how in this moment... I mean you can't sense one ounce of fear because he had knowledge of the situation and I think sometimes with us as Christians because we're ignorant to the enemy's schemes and devices and because our our ignorance kind of puts us in a place where we don't utilize the boldness and the tools and and everything that God has given us to have success or he's made available to to us to have success as men and women of God and helping people get set free from their their present conditions. Jesus, because he understood the situation, he wasn't afraid of the situation. Saints, do the best that you can to equip yourself through the word of God so that things don't surprise you. Things don't catch you off guard. Because through the word of God, God has gone the great lengths to equip us and to show us what we need to know in dealing with situations. Saints, people are bound. People are struggling. We're around people all the time. Not only just here in this country, but all around the world. People are doing things. You know, some of the things that we see on the news, some of the things that we see happening um, in our society... Not all of it is just somebody having a bad day. People are full of demons and need to be set free. And Jesus, through his word, he came out and he demonstrated this missing link. And I think this is a missing, this is a key for so many people getting their liberty. That, man, wait a minute, I need to be free. And so let's look at this here. Let's analyze this. Because I I want to talk to you guys about simply in the title of my message is just the power of God. Because this is what we see here. In verse one, it says, then they came to the other side of the sea in the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs. a man, He says with an unclean spirit. You know, unclean spirits are disembodied spirits that try to get that want to get into people's lives to drive them down a road to accomplish the will of the devil and to bring destruction to other people's lives. These unclean spirits, um, they do not like wandering around in dry places. They like to be inside of people. The Bible is very clear when we read this, this passage of Scripture that these spirits can talk, they can reason, they think, they um, they have a personality they can impart. And we're going to see through this passage of Scripture, they can impart strength. And so we're dealing with beings that Jesus Christ clearly walked around this, the streets of Jerusalem and walked around Israel, liberating from liberating people from these spirits so that they could be in their right mind and function in society the way that God wants them to function. Now, not every bad situation in a person's life is a demon. I want to make that, if you're sneezing here, it's not a demon. Okay? Because we try to find a demon over every rock. But if you're trying, if you're being driven to do things and you have a pattern of being driven, whether it's lust, pornography, whatever it is, then at some point in time you have to stop and say, man, have I, through my agreement, uh, gained access, allowed access to a spirit to drive me to do things? And it doesn't mean that you're without excuse, because if you're agreeing, if you have come into an agreement with the spirit, then you gave it access. But at the end of the day, saints, we have to stop and look at this when we're doing counseling and say, man, this may not just be a natural issue. This may be a spiritual issue that needs to be addressed. And that's OK. Jesus liberated people. And so we see very clearly here that Jesus calls these spirits unclean. This is what they do. They drive people to do things that are unclean, according to the word of God. Unclean in society. Let me ask you guys a question. Have you guys ever seen that show, Hoarders? Would you say that that's unclean? So, and have you ever watched the show? I can't even watch it. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this is... is, uh." But have you ever watched a show and you see how the person is a nice person, but something's just driving them to do this? And you see how even when, have you ever noticed on the shows that even when the show goes off, you don't get the sense that the person is just totally free from it. It's like they got the house kind of clean to a point. But it was almost like eggshells, you know what I mean? It's like you got clean, but, and then the show was off. You don't get to see. I, I don't mean just two months after result, I'm talking about two years after. Why? Because some, because what happens is, if you don't get the unclean spirit out, this is what happens, in, and I'm talking about an extreme situation here, but this on a personal level. At some point in time, you got to stop dealing with the fruit and deal with the what? With the root. So this man comes and there's an unclean spirit. In verse 3, he says, Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles been broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame them. Now, this is the thing that gives me as a pastor a righteous indignation. You know, I, I love people. I've, I've, la- I've given my life over to serving people, serving God and serving people. And one of the things that bothers me, saints, is when I see, when I read something like this, that these demons had gotten this man's life and had drove him into, the, into a cemetery. This poor man for whatever reason, however he, they got access, have driven this man into the tombs. And the Bible says that nobody can tame him. So now he's acting like a wild animal. In verse 5, he says, And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. I mean, this is amazing. Now he's in the tombs. He's out there crying like some kind of wild animal or werewolf or something. And the Bible says that he's crying out and then he's cutting himself. We see this cutting thing going on with teenagers and stuff. And we're saying, oh, you just need, you know, you just need a different environment. No, no, no. There's a, that, we got to get that demon out that's trying to cut, get you cutting yourself. And can I have an amen in here? This guy's cutting himself with stones and As Jesus comes on the scene, watch how Jesus responds and how he responds to Jesus. But this is the thing. Jesus understood it, so he dealt with it. Saints, we got to understand this, and we got to deal with it. He says in verse 6, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. There was something in him as a man that saw hope in Christ. The Bible says he worshiped him, and then it says in verse 7, when he cried out with a loud voice and said, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, now watch this, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Now listen to me, saints. Now this is really gets me mad. I got a righteous indignation in this because... The demons are tormenting this man, and they have the nerve to tell Jesus not to torment them. <laughs> I mean, how are you, you going to tell Jesus not to torment me, you, and you've got this guy in the tombs tormenting him? Listen to Jesus, because he didn't just listen to the words that were coming out of the mouth, the mouth of this man. He knew the source, and he knew who was really talking. And he says in verse, six, in verse 8, For he said to him, Come out of the man unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered saying, what is, My name is Legion, for, me, for we are many. You know, most theologians will say that this means he had four to 6,000 demons in him. A legion. He asked him, Number 1 he commands him to come out. Number 2 he asked him what is his name because his name is going to tell him his function. For God has not given you a spirit of what? The name tells me the what? Function. This kind of spirit makes a people makes people afraid. For God has not given you a spirit of heaviness. He'll give you the garment of praise for the spirit of what? Heaviness. So the spirit of heaviness causes people to feel depressed and heavy. So what is your name? This tells me your function. If I know what your name is. It tells me your function. It tells me what I'm dealing with. And so what happens here, these individuals come forth, and when Jesus comes forth, he talks to these spirits who are talking to him, communicating through this man, isn't it amazing how Jesus looks at Apostle Peter and he says, "Get behind me, Satan." He was able to discern this is devil. You're in Peter trying to tell me to do something that's not right, but Jesus understood. Saying so we got to learn to get our antenna up. I remember a story. Let me tell you guys a story. I remember one time I was uh, I was playing for the Raiders, and uh, I shared this story last week to the guys. I said, listen, guys, you got to make sure you're sensitive. I was on the field. We're playing against the Minnesota Vikings, and God was kind of taking me through this trial in my life. And he used my job to do a work in me. That's a word for some of y'all. He was using it to do a work in me. And so we're playing against the Minnesota Vikings, and they brought Tyrone Wheatley in, and they started kind of phasing me out. But nobody came to me and said, hey, they phasing. We're going to phase you out. They just kind of phased me out. And I'm looking, I'm used to getting the ball, you know, give me the ball. And then they start giving him the ball, and I'm sitting on the sideline saying, Lord, what's up, what's up, Lord? How come they not? And then it dawned on me, I said, oh, okay, Lord, I see what you're doing. I said, this is not about them. This is about what you're doing in my heart. God, kill anything in me that's not like you. So I'm having, this, I'm having this conversation literally on the field in Minnesota talking to God. And while I'm talking to God about God, do something in my heart. You know, perfect me. Teach me how to support Tyrone. Then lift him up. He didn't do nothing. I want to support him. I want to celebrate with him. Teach me. I know how to be first. Teach me how to be second and to be a good second. So I'm having this conversation. And while I'm having one of this conversation, one of my, literally, one of my teammates walks over to me. It's one of my boys. Yo, dog. They doing you dirty, dog. They doing you dirty, dog. And the brothers, how are funny? Y'all see what I had to deal with on a week-to-week basis? So, so I'm sitting here, and he says this to me right there, and I can remember, I can remember in that moment having to make a decision whether I was going to agree with him. And I looked at him and I said, I said, brother, because I knew it was the devil trying to set me up and get me to get in the flesh. And, then you right, man, I'm about to get on Twitter and Facebook and I'm about to get. We didn't even have that back then, but I was going to make it up. <laughs> we got we to do I'm got to blast these people, man. No, I said, but I can remember in that moment, I said, Don't you worry about what God's doing in my life, brother. God's got me. And, saints, I'm saying this because sometimes you guys are talking to people and you're in a situation, you have to discern what's God and what's the enemy. Jesus sees this situation and he was able to discern what was going on in this person's life and discern the worship and to discern the voice that was coming at him through the person. Be sensitive, y'all. Don't get caught in a trap. And so he asked him. in verse nine, what is your name? He answered, we, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Jesus understood what he was dealing with. He wasn't confused. He knew the voices. He understood it. It says in verse 10, also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now, I don't want to get into the depths of this, but you have to realize, saints, we are in a strategic battle and there are demons that are assigned to regions, to cities, to states. If I'd said San Francisco, California, you know that there's a certain spirit that's over the city that's affecting people in a certain way. You see? You see? If I said Oakland, you, I mean, every city has a... You, there's a spiritual climate for every city. You can tell they are called geographical demons and spirits. Well, we have to understand that what you're dealing with... Well, they didn't want to leave the country. Why? This is where we reign. This is where we tear people's lives up. This is how we influence people. This is how we keep them in poverty. This is how we keep them in bondage. If I said Los Angeles, California... There's a climate there that we're all used to. We just think, oh, wow, it's just Hollywood, you know. But we don't realize that there's forces unseen that are causing a certain expression in the city that we have to be sensitive about. If I said Richmond, California, everybody knows the different But we just, we don't realize that there's, a, there's another force that sometimes, so the spirit says, listen, don't send us out of the country. Verse 11, now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them what? Permission. Then the unclean spirits went out of the swine. There was about 2,000, and the herd ran violently down into the steep place, into the sea, and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine, and uh, and they told it, Excuse me. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what was it that was uh, that had happened. Verse fifteen. Then they came to Jesus and saw the the one who had the demon possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in a white mind.